Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group. It's Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. Navy Chief Information Officer Aaron Weiss is stepping down from his role next month. In a letter sent out to Navy staff and obtained by Defense Scoop, Weiss says he plans to depart on March 17th after three years in the role. Navy Principal Deputy CIO Jane Rathbun will step in to serve as acting CIO in the meantime. Three federal cybersecurity projects are receiving funding from the Technology Modernization Fund. A total of $41 million has been awarded to the Treasury Department, Social Security Administration, and the Agency for Global Media to help protect sensitive systems and data. The Federal Trade Commission has a new Office of Technology. The agency says the office will look to keep pace with technological challenges in the digital marketplace. The office will have its own team and dedicated staff and will be led by FTC Chief Technology Officer Stephanie Nguyen. You can read more about these stories and more at fedscoop.com. The Department of the Air Force will conduct its next Bravo Hackathon March 20th through 24th at Hurlburt Field in Florida. Prior Bravo Hackathons have resulted in prototypes and innovations that influence major Defense Department programs. On a recent episode of the Defense Scoop podcast, Stuart Wagner, the Chief Digital Transformation Officer of the Air Force and the organizer of the Bravo Hackathons, and his colleague Jimmy Rev Jones, Lead Program Manager of the Air Force's Stitches Warfighter Application Team, joined me to discuss the Air Force's goals for these hackathons. Welcome both of you to the podcast. Stuart, we chatted last year about the initial Bravo and the purpose of the hackathon series. How is this latest event in March going to build off the progress made during earlier events and what exactly is new about this one? Sure. Thanks for the question and your interest in this. Uh, I'm going to start by first breaking a little bit of news about what we've accomplished in these past two events. So uh, to summarize what we've done these past two events, we've spent actually less than a million dollars actually on these two events located at four locations at three classifications. Uh, Among those four locations, we have produced 47 operational prototypes on classified data or protected data. And those 47 prototypes of those, we've seen actually 14 actually that we know of make uh, some sort of significant and valuable impact. And, um, and so this is kind of the asymmetric, you know, power law returns model that venture capital does, except we're doing this with very low cost, classified and uh, protected data prototypes, which has been very exciting. Uh, among the uh, accomplishments, which we've never spoken publicly really about, um, we have a few I'm gonna highlight right now. It's gonna be more than a few, you can cut me off if you want. Um, number one, there was a Bravo One project produced that uh, works in an open compute environment and displays additional threats to the pilot during sorties. And this is being worked on further. These are all going to be worked on further. Uh, a rapid flight data debrief tool for a major weapons system that clusters electronic warfare threats was produced at Bravo Zero. That's in production now. There's a Space Force launch scrub predictor that predicts basically if a mission will scrub based on weather, such as, say, lightning striking, et cetera. Um, That team built a prediction algorithm 
that outperforms the current one. And so that's being further funded and resourced. Uh, the Air Force actually, um, the fix our, fix our IT, fix our computers, right? The user experience data analysis, there were a number of teams that did this. Um, that work has, has, has been transitioned now increasingly into, into production under Colt Whittle's watch. And Colt Whittle was a big supporter of our last event. Um, there's a weather aware sortie planner from Bravo One that's being further worked on. A SAR imagery stitching project that's being further developed. Um, there's there's a project that actually brings class highly classified data down from one major weapons platform to the secret level, um, which allows that data to be shared with military and intelligence uh, organizations is being done. Um, Rev is very familiar with the personnel recovery automation system for personnel recovery for downed pilots and other things that's being worked on. Um, there's a weapon system that that when that that utilizes um, multiple radar and uh, when when one of those radar fails we've actually been able there's a team that was able to figure out how to use deep learning to actually recover that radar sensor and predict what it would show and that's that's being continued to be worked on um, and there's there's a system that takes known weapons signatures and fuzzes them uh, in order to basically provide potential representations of family of signatures of systems that that's been worked on. Um, and then and then a couple interesting outputs that's come from this event include that the Space Force actually has invested additional resources into data engineering activities oriented around these events. Um, a data set, a well-known uh, weapons platform uh, that has highly classified data, we learned of a secret data set that was brought to one of our events. And, and organizations that were unaware of that are now leveraging that secret data set extensively. And we've gotten incredible you know, feedback and onboarding and interest to the, the Advana Edge platform as well as the Stitches platform as a consequence of these events. So these are some of the things that we know about that have had incredible return on investment. We actually, um, we, we think based on, on the cost we've been putting in that actually we, we, we're, we're one to two orders of magnitude meaning 10 to 100 times cheaper than other well-known innovation funding initiatives. That's what we're seeing from, from the outputs from these events, which is pretty exciting. So, um, and, then, and then to answer your question, what are we doing next? So we've already described some, some multi-domain capabilities and use cases for weapon systems. What we're doing is we're going bigger. So what do I mean by bigger? Um, we're, we're, number one, we're scaling. So we now have participation from every military department, including OSD. Uh, we are getting weapon system data from every military department. We have um, within the SOCOM community, of course, uh, it's being held at AFSOC, so we started with them. Um, and, and, and we have participation from every major SOCOM organization. Um, and so what, what we're doing basically is we're trying to scale this to one giant DOD and actually intelligence community in the future uh, event where basically data engineers and data scientists can collaborate and work together to build weapons capabilities just like those we've described just now um, and go further. And the cool part about these events is we really don't know what's going to get developed. We bring the data, we produce the environment, and then and then we let people run wild with their imagination. And, and it's just incredible some of the things that have been produced. So um, those are some of the things that have been produced that I can talk about 
Um, and it's been it's been really exciting to to watch and kind of facilitate the work of of so many people that that have gotten excited about these events. Does that answer your question? Yeah, and that's quite incredible. And it sounds like there's quite a few uh, interesting prototypes that are being expanded, and lots of good work that's come out of those initial uh, hackathon runs. And I'm curious, you know, as you mentioned, uh, what's going to come next? And and I'll direct this question to Rev. Are there specific examples of problem sets or types of solutions that best fit the hackathon environment that participants should come ready to work on? Or is it really just an open door and people can work on anything they want? Yeah, it's, it's a it's a great question. So the um, the the so this is the the third hackathon that we've done um, here in the in the DAF uh, for the DoD. Um, it's a, it's an offshot or a, um, a, 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 basically it, it was derived from uh, thoughts that uh, that Stuart and I had, but uh, but really from uh, from uh, what we called Gauntlet's uh, integration events that we had uh, while I was at DARPA. Um, the the first event that we had, the hackathon event that we had a year ago, um, was there wasn't any limitations about what we could uh, what we could solve. Um, simply for the fact of um, we wanted to determine uh, what was like a what, what was a good bound for for what these events could uh, um, uh, could solve, as well as the talent. Like we had no idea um, uh, a year ago, uh, right uh, right during Christmas, if anybody would show up. Uh, and it turns out we got 80 applicants uh, in in the time between Christmas and New Year's for an event that started uh, um, a couple of days after the New Year's. Um, uh, so what, what we learned from there was that uh, uh, we can solve a lot of problems um, uh, that uh, that when people show up and have access to data. Uh, but what we really wanted to get after is now that we kind of uh, knew where that talent pool was coming from, uh, the next two events to include this next one uh, are sponsored by um, folks that uh, that basically want to have a hackathon in their work. And and at least uh, to, to be clear of the term hackathon, uh, we, we get a lot of uh, which is which part of part of what your question is, is, is what is a hackathon. A uh, hackathon is nothing more than an event where we have uh, a high, um, uh, basically a 24-7 ops or 24 hours a day, five days uh, ops of, of high density computer programming in order to solve a problem given data. It is not uh, necessarily like a penetration testing. Um, so while people uh, may think that, uh, that hey, we could go out there and be uh, black uh, black hat or white hat hackers, um, uh, depending on what, uh, what your goal is, that's, that's actually Actually, not what we're doing. Um, so the the problems that uh, that we're looking to solve uh, are the ones that uh, that basically are are in, uh, impediments to to normal operations throughout uh, throughout the DoD or uh, within the DAF. Certainly, um, uh, a lot of these things are uh, given given access to to data. Can we find um, hidden signals uh, inside of there that uh, that we presume uh, are recorded, but we just haven't had a means to uh, to take AI ML applications or um, Advanced uh, signal processing algorithms that don't have anything to do with AI, uh, and go um, go find hidden data or data that's not apparent um, to uh, to the average uh, user by the tools they have. Um, other things, uh, it's pure automation, uh, like what we're doing, uh, personnel recovery and uh, combat search and rescue, um, is is connecting systems together that uh, that uh, that uh, that haven't been uh, tied uh, together before. Um, a lot of the a lot of the specific efforts are tailored to the sponsors of the event. Um, 
and specifically what they need. We're certainly not limited to that, but that's where we start. I'd say half, 50% of uh, of, of the uh, the problem sets come from the uh, the the organization who's sponsoring us. Uh, and then the rest of uh, the events are folks that uh, that frankly get their ma uh, major commands or MAGCOMs or their their large units like uh, uh, AUMS um, uh, and and uh, JADC2 derivatives um, to, to say that, hey, we've got these sets of data. Could you help us find things out? Uh, so it, it it's it's tailored, it's specific, uh, but does that give you a more of a sense of like what things we're able to do? Absolutely, and uh, it's not just normal data either. From what I understand, it's you've been able to successfully incorporate classified and protected data. So how do you do that for an open hackathon event? Yeah, well, so that's uh, so the the, the all, all the words together um, make it sound really unusual. Uh, it's an open hackathon event in the fact that it's open to uh, to any uh, uh, any American with a security clearance. Uh, obviously, that's uh, that's uh, that that's still a limited category, but uh, but there's quite a few number of folks that have it. Now, that's um, that's just the classified portion. For the unclassified portion, with uh, with what's called CUI, used to be for official use only, but now it's um, uh, 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 upgrade in terms um we provide uh people with a need to know based off of uh background and and can they supply um relevant knowledge set from from their backgrounds so we had huge successes um in the last uh, uh bravo hackathon in july uh where um we we had a lot of uh, industry and academic partners um uh from uh, in and around the community uh in florida um uh, basically participate in in some of the weather data uh so they were able to bring their uh their state of the art expertise from academia uh, that we just don't have at the ready all over the place inside the DOD. Uh, so while it is it is open, there's still a limited set. Now, how would we do those things um, is uh, one of the two things I brought over from, uh, again, uh, I, I, I came from, from DARPA for, for five years before uh, rejoining the, uh, the Department of the Air Force. Um, I brought over uh, an, an integration system called Stitches and then also the core, which is a platform uh, that also includes the, uh, the uh, uh, basically information system that allows us to connect things. That isolated um, uh, system has its own authorities to operate uh, that we're allowed um, with the, within uh, certain bounds to basically put uh, new novel capabilities that you only get from state-of-the-art uh, um, research facilities that have never gone through um, any kind of um, uh, 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 adjudication, certification to be put put on, uh, uh, on platforms. Um, for instance, um, if uh, if 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 you if you hear a general trend of like hey we want to play a uh, apply AI or ML uh, to uh, uh, to some problem set the majority of the advanced capabilities that are in the AI ML uh, regime um, uh, aren't cleared for a DoD network but yet in our confine we're not only allowed to put the DoD data that uh, that we we can get from classified areas but also those other um, uh, applications uh, and you're allowed to bring in any open source um, software with a certain uh so that doesn't have license fees it's mit like license so there are some some sort of restrictions but we're able to to do a whole lot in uh within the laws and uh, uh policies that, uh, that we have we just don't uh arbitrarily put restrictions hopefully that was a complete answer yeah no that was great and and Stuart, i'll pass it back to you because it seems like this hackathon is pretty much open to anybody who's willing and interested in participating so is that the case and you know as people want to come and participate it seems like there's some different roles that they can take in the exercise so what are those roles yeah billy uh, appreciate it and, and just to kind of 
uh, piggyback on Rev's last answer real quick. I, I, I think because you've been writing a lot, actually, about the ATO process, right? You can imagine the environment we produce is ultimately um, facilitating uh, basically capability development before you need to seek an ATO. We're actually allowing people to build without an ATO yet and allowing them to trial with the data without an ATO yet. And we think that actually saves money. To answer your question with regards to the the uh, who can apply, um, so so any American citizen is eligible to apply for our events, any single one, uh, and and um, if you have a secret or higher clearance that may allow you access to spaces and data that those without it have, but if you are an American citizen, you can apply. Uh, and and we encourage we're we're interested in any any American citizen applying, regardless if you're employed, if you're a university student, um, or if you're employed with a company, um, you can apply. If you're a contractor, uh, a government contractor working in 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 your capacity as a government contractor with permission from your your um, contracting officer, you can also you should you should apply. You can't apply, uh, and 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 you can bring use cases as well, and then. And then if you're government as well, you can apply. What are the roles? Well, there are three roles at this event. We've expanded to three. The first is hacker. That's Anybody is eligible to do that. And all you really need is a builder mindset. You don't necessarily need to be a coder. We do encourage coders to apply. Uh, they do seem to have success. But interestingly enough, the best projects have all had someone who is not a coder. Okay, on the team. It turns out if it's just coders, it doesn't tend to work. If there's no coders, it may also not work. But but we find that that if there's no if it, we want we want we want a diverse group of folks. So hacker is building. Anybody can apply for that. Uh, who's an American citizen? If you are government or contractor, there are two additional roles available to you. One is subject matter expert, and the subject matter expert typically is associated with data or a use case from an organization, and they're coming to facilitate the groups. So we found at our first event, we didn't have that role. And basically, the builders showed up, and they really didn't know as much as they could have about the use cases. There's still some great outputs, but we really wanted to allow the use case experts to interact, uh, but not be on a team, to help multiple teams. Those are subject matter experts. They're often bringing use cases. And then finally, there's support. So if you're government or contractor and you want to like see what we're doing, be part of the environment and experience and networking and everything that takes place at a hackathon, but you're not actually interested or feeling confident yet in building, you can support. And supporters basically help get food, help handle the logistics. They're running security. There are massive security requirements at an event like this because we're running 24 hours. So we need human beings to be guarding the equipment and the data at all times for this event. So it's a temporary ATO that's used, and 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 we just need people to help support that. Um, and so we welcome those folks. You can learn more about the Air Force Hackathon at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop Podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop Podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C., James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.